Listen, not to brag, but the New York Times said that Michael Horowitz as Winthrop is so winning, he could give child actors a good name. So, <laughs> wow. He could, but he didn't. <laughs> he could. I'm good. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 2021 version of Ultimate Musical Theater Brackets. This year, it's all about I Want Songs. My name is Alex Schneidman. everybody welcome back welcome to week two round two of the ultimate musical theater brackets i want songs uh we had a lot we had almost the same amount of uh, votes this round as we had last time which is excellent and it seems that people feel very fervently uh as several hundred words were put into the comments this time around i won't be reading all those words but you can find them in the blog post that is associated with this podcast in some cases. In other cases, maybe not. Um, we are joined this week once again by Mariah and Michael. Say hi, Mariah. What's up, fam? Say hi, Michael. Hello, hello. And joined this week by a new returning judge from last year, Marielle Issa. Uh, Marielle, the the listeners at home, especially our our first time listeners, would like to know what gives you the right to be a judge on this podcast. Hmm. Well, I have a degree in musical theater from Northwestern, which I hear is a rarity on this podcast. So when I graduated, I was an actor for a little while before the pandemic. Uh, the last time I was on stage was about exactly like a year ago, um, where I was playing a headstrong princess. Um, in a Chicago theater called the Marriott Theater. And much like Michael and Rosie, um, very much <clears throat> have sort of lived my life to the soundtrack of musicals. And I really like thinking about them. And I Want Songs are my personal favorite kind of musical theater song. Um, it's like basically all I listened to and sang in college. I'm very opinionated, but I'm also very easily um, swayed by smart people. So I think that that makes me a perfect judge. So maybe Mariah will sway you. We'll see about Michael. We'll see about Michael. <laughs> and and sorry, where did you say you went to uh, college? Where was that? I'm sorry, that was Northwestern University. Uh huh. In Evanston, mm-hmm. Illinois. In Evanston, Illinois. Yes. Um, right. The place that uh, Brian Darcy James went to. Uh, yeah, indeed. Um, the uh, Virginia Wadsworth Ward Center for the Performing Arts. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Association. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Of course. So welcome, Marielle. We're glad we have you. And uh, everybody, And we're going to get it started. We're going to kick it off on the left side of the bracket, starting with a matchup that already has been locked for you. Um, it is The Wizard and I from Wicked up against Something's Coming from West Side Story. Uh, the Wizard and I got 73% of the public vote and moves on. There were some people who found this matchup to be difficult in the comments. Anybody want to eulogize something's coming from West Side Story or pay no respect to it and burn its name after it has died? I have a quick something to say is that I um, I love The Wizard and I. I love all of Wicked. But I also, I sort of disagree with last week's judges in the sense that I do not think that I want songs need to express a specific want. And I actually am quite moved by I Want songs that express like a vague yearning for change. And I think that that's what Something's Coming does. And I also think that Tony and Alphaba are very different protagonists, right? Like Alphaba is a very ambitious young woman and Tony is like a popular kid who's just a little bit lost in his life. So it, it makes sense that his I Want song is a little more directionless, but I feel that he is deserving of ambition even if he's less ambitious than Alphaba. Interesting. We got we got a taste of Marielle's judging philosophy in her her take there. Um, but we're gonna move to votes. Mariah, what's your vote? The wizard and I. Michael. Something's coming. Wow. <laughs> and Marielle. The wizard and I. What that means is, uh, in the cumulative tally, the wizard and I wins seventy-one to twenty-nine. Next up, we have a matchup between you and me, but mostly me from the Book of Mormon up against, wait for it, from Hamilton. Uh, anyone got a burning desire for this one? Mariah. So I, I was talking to Alex about this while we were having dinner, but I've been thinking about, I listened to the pod from last week and I feel like every few days, my like 
thoughts about how we're deciding this changes. I realized through this that when we were putting songs together, that the I Want song is a very recent like storytelling tool, like in, in the grand span of art's life, right? Like it's been around for like maybe 25, 30 years solidly um, by, and is like really championed by these like Disney guys we keep talking about and Steven Schwartz and blah, blah, blah. And of course we're always gonna say that those songs are great because they're the guys who freaking invented it. <laughs> like this tool of here's a protagonist and here's what I want and here's what I, and this is where it comes in the story for it to be most effective. But I've been thinking about like, if we don't want it to just be like sailing these songs to the end, what should we be looking for? And I wanna think about how the same outcomes from those typical I want songs can happen through less traditional ways of doing the I want song, right? And like the thing I didn't say last week to Rosie Jo is that I think Wait For It as is just as much as an I want song is Valjean's soliloquy because it is basically doing the same thing, right? It is saying like, here is my past and this is what I want to do now. And I would argue like the I want song of Hamilton is my shot, but it also gets complicated with wait for it, right? Because, and this is the motif thing Michael was talking about, at the end, like what Burr is saying is I have this huge survival's survivor's guilt that really affects what I do and how I do it and how grateful I am for my life right and I hate Hamilton because he has the same thing but he's he's taking that motivation in a really reckless way and I don't respect that but at the end Hamilton is the one who throws away his shot and Burr is the one who doesn't wait for it and so I have this weird feeling about these two songs and I, I'd love to hear what you both have to say to be swayed because I think you and me and mostly me checks all those boxes, but doesn't do it artfully. And I think Wait For It does it really artfully, but this is such a new way, a new tool in musical theater that it might just be a new way for us to be doing it, an innovative way, in a way that I artfully appreciate more. Um, no, Mariah, I think, I think that's an excellent and beautiful point. And I think you're right. I think there's a danger to sailing songs through because they check a lot of boxes. And I also think part of our job here as the guests is to, is to fight for songs that are maybe imperfect, but deserve to be in the conversation for a longer time. You're right. You and me, mostly me, checks a lot of boxes, adequate, not exemplary in any kind of way. Wait for it, more exemplary. And yet I feel this hesitation because I don't know if it, if it checks the boxes, especially because Burr's arc for me is literally saying, I don't really know what I want. So I'm waiting for it to the moment of, I want to be the room where it happens, where he breaks out of it. So I think of those two songs, Wait For It and Room Where It Happens, which was a finalist season one, as sort of like, they are of the same moment in a way. And on one hand, I'm like, that's good. Okay, so then Wait For It is, the, is his launching pad. And if you think of I Want Songs as launching pads, which I do a lot, then great, Wait For It counts. But he doesn't have the want. That's sort of what that song is about. So I, I, I am torn. Yes, Muriel? I feel quite strongly in favor of Wait For It for kind of two reasons. You and me, but mostly me, this is like, a, I think it might be like a personal taste thing. When I think about I want songs, I always want them to be earnest. Like it's like a, tr it's like a true prerequisite of being considered an I want song. It must be earnest. Like there can't be parody. To me, like the person has to want it. And I think that the vibe of Book of Mormon makes me feel that the songs are less earnest than they are in other shows because they are like a lot of it is parody a lot of it is about like the goal is successful comedy and i think that takes away from the earnestness that i crave in an i want song with wait for it i again do not think that people singing i want songs have to have to have specific wants i think that the desire for change like the desire for something unnameable is enough. If you think of it as like his answer to my shot too, like it is another example of a protagonist who is weirdly unambitious or like weirdly less ambitious than the kind of protagonist that gets written about in musical theaters who get to sing I Want songs. He doesn't have that like, like main characterism protagonistic thing that makes you immediately click to an I Want song. And I love that. There are some purists out there in the audience that will listen to this. Their ears will burn. And I love it because this is the dialogue and the nuance we crave. But I think we could vote. Mariah? Marielle, the love of my life has swayed me. Wait for it. Michael? 
I'm gonna say wait for it too. And Marielle. Wait for it. All right, so uh, wait for it won the public vote 65 to 35 and uh, with you guys is now uh, in the cumulative vote 76 to 24. Well, the impending matchup has brought a lot of uh, dialogue and agita amongst the listening public. I've been thinking about it all day. Um, the votes on this one in the public, I'll tell you, are almost 50-50. So you guys will certainly be deciding them. Um, but those two songs are maybe from Annie up against Wouldn't It Be Loverly from My Fair Lady. Who wants to take a crack at it first? I took notes also for this. And what I wrote down for Wouldn't It Be Lovely is I said, the whole all I want is chocolate and warm feet thing doesn't speak to me because I think it's okay for I want songs to express like simple wants if they have a deeper well of feeling beneath them. I think that Wouldn't It Be Lovely is like a little bit too shallow for me. Like I listen to that song and I don't feel this like deeper yearning of like wanting belonging or like it, it just sounds like a person singing about wanting like chocolate and stuff. Michael? Well, sure, Marielle. Okay. But to that I say, she's a flower girl in London in 1906 on the street with her like lamplighter chimney sweep friends. And they're, she's cheering them up. Like it's a fantasy. Like they're like in the freezing cold, they work outside no one pays any attention to them from the upper class. And this is them sort of like having a good time. And, it, and it's sort of a daydream that I don't think is, I don't think it's meant to be deep. I think of Eliza's journey as much more fascinating than Annie's. I think of Eliza as a character with a lot more agency than Annie. I don't think, I think Annie finds herself in circumstances throughout Annie. Um, and someone else said to me yesterday, which I thought was very funny. I think on any given day, if you were to hear some random person singing Wouldn't Be Lovely or a child singing maybe from Annie, it's likely that it'll be more pleasant to the ear to hear a soprano singing Wouldn't It Be Loverly than a 10-year-old screlting Annie. But maybe that's not a consideration. Okay, that's my, that's my piece. It's definitely true that the recordings of Maybe are like impossible to listen to. <laughs> like, they, are, they sound so bad all the time. All right, what do you got, Mariah? And I, I actually would disagree with Michael that, you know, I've, I've, I was mentioning to Alex earlier that this year we've been talking about the the story and the full show much more than we have in previous seasons like something we've talked about before is well if somebody was just singing the song which one is more effective and I think I've only been thinking that when I feel like they're pretty equal and I, I think that My Fair Lady is a much better show but I think maybe is a much more beautiful song I think there's this much more nuanced part of maybe that it's like, if somebody will, like, I'm imagining this family that really, really loves me. And what, like, what if they had me, right? And what if I had them? And, and what if, you know, they're really, really close by and I just don't know it, right? And that's something that I think, maybe not everybody feels, but I feel like is this really... <laughs> It's, it's really sad, like, and it's really beautiful at the same time. And I don't know, I agree that like the, the show of My Fair Lady is, is much better. And I'm trying to think of the, the effect of the show because I do agree with Michael that Annie is just like Annie traipsing through the circumstances. <laughs> she doesn't really decide anything. And maybe that makes it not as good of an I want song because then we're seeing the effect of, of that song. But I think it's like at the top, the very top of the show for a reason, right? Because like, if you don't have that thing, Annie is just like this like vaudevillian, cheeky, redheaded character who like, you're like, yeah, she's a kid. Of course she wants parents. But it's this idea that she knows that she was given up. There's a lot, a lot here <laughs> with these two songs. All right. I think we should vote. Mariah. I'm going to vote for maybe. Michael. I'm gonna vote for Loverly, but I'm I'm happy if Maybe continues on. And Marielle. I'm gonna vote for Maybe. So um, Maybe got 49% of the public vote. Uh, Loverly got wow. 51%. With you guys, the cumulative tally is 54 to 46. Oh. Um, very That's close. That's what Marielle was nervous about. Very close. <laughs> 
All right, next up, one that's not quite as close. Uh, Roxy from Chicago versus Out There from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Kind of forgot this matchup existed, I gotta be honest. (laughs) Is this silence one of not really having much to say or one of, oh, I'm so gripped in thought about this song from Chicago versus this song from this animated movie? I spent a lot of time this week thinking about what Michael said about how Roxy like already has what she says she wants in the song and like whether whether her the song is actually her expressing what she wants or just kind of bragging about what she already has. Um, I'm so sorry, Alex, I broke your rule. I don't have, I don't know where I fall. <laughs> no, that's perfectly it fine. It, seem, it seems like the general party doesn't, doesn't no, know where they fall. Oh, no. doesn't I, know don't, they I don't really like out there. Like, I just don't, I think it's too like dramatic. <laughs> But that's not my only opinion about it. Muriel, he's the hunchback of no job. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I don't understand what Muriel's <laughs> argument is. The stakes just aren't high enough. <laughs> I don't think he deserves it. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's, he's not the hunchback of cheesies. He's the hunchback of Notre Dame. I didn't. I didn't have anything to say because I. I feel the same way I felt last week of like, I don't feel like Roxy is as strong as a, of an I want song because of position. And I feel like out there is. Michael, do you think we could vote or do you have to, do you have uh, some words to say? You think we could vote? All right, uh, Mariah, what do you got? Out there. Michael? Out there. And Marielle? Um, uh, I'll go with Roxy. So uh, out there won the public vote 61 to 39. And with your two votes, it wins 63 to 37 in the cumulative tally. Um, Next up, we have a lock. Corner of the sky, locked out. I just can't wait to be king from the Lion King. Um, I told Mariah this earlier. She seemed a little bit shocked. Um, Marielle's face of disbelief seems to suggest the same thing. I will say that this was a lock by literally one vote. Uh, if one other vote that had gone to Corner of the Sky had just gone to I Just Can't Wait to Be King, we'd be talking about it. But since it didn't, here we are. I Just Can't Wait to Be King. Anybody want to eulogize it briefly? No? All right, let's hear some <laughs> votes. Mariah. I just can't wait to be king. <laughs> Michael. Corner of the Sky. Marielle. Corner of the Sky. Uh, so Corner of the Sky beat I Just Can't Wait to Be King 72 to 28 in the public vote. Uh, with you guys, cumulative tally, it is 70 to 30. All right, next up is Downtown Skid Row from Little Shop of Horrors up against What You Want from Legally Blonde. I think of this as difficult. You think of this as difficult, Michael. I explain I why. I do. Um, I think they're both great. I think they both do their jobs excellently. I think we heard compelling evidence for them last week on both counts. Um, and I think of the things that I look for, they both sort of do it. They, they both sort of don't do it, but I think they both don't do it in a really good way. Um, I was thinking about the love, I'm doing this for love sort of motif that we get introduced to and what you want being a really important thread in Lily Blonde. And I felt in terms of craft, checked that box for me there. I very much agree with Michael. I hadn't thought about the love thing before, but I find that that sways me in Skid Row's favor because the like I'm very compelled by this thing in musical theater that um, where like two characters who might not know each other or who maybe aren't in the same place sing the same lyrics, and that lets you know that they want the same things internally, even if they're very different characters, and that that is like a signal to you subliminally that like they're meant for one another. Mariah. I think the 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 love story point that Michael changed my thoughts a little bit in the, in the comparison of the two of them. But I think the purpose of having these groups of people in what you want is that you know they're not just there singing backup for her, right? We get these sequences of like, but you have to do this to get there. Do you want that? Yes. 
but you have to give this up to do this. Do you want that actually? Yes, I do. Legally Blonde is like one of my favorite shows. And like, I think it's this thing of like, that's not necessarily somebody who I'm a lot like uh, in lots of different ways. But the thing that I like about the show is I earnestly want this thing so much for this deep reason that I will be silly, I will be serious, I will call on all my friends, I will I will do anything f- for love. And I and I don't really care what people think about me, right? Like and that's the thing she sort of that's the thing she doesn't have in the beginning that becomes more important later, right? Is she's like, "Oh wait, actually I do care what people think about me." As somebody who did Little Shop, the one thing I don't like about Little Shop is I don't think the characters change enough. Um, it feels a lot like a show that is driven by circumstances and not by choice. They're forced into a lot of choices. And I think that makes the show sad, but I don't think it adds to their ambition. Whereas Legally Blonde is all about ambition. All right, I'm gonna encourage this group to vote. I can see some very pensive, thoughtful faces, uh, but I'm not sure talking more is gonna yield a more productive response. All right, Mariah, what's your vote? What you want. Michael. I think what you want. And Marielle. I think Skid Row. But I love mm-hmm. you, Mariah. <laughs> All right. So what you want actually beat downtown in the public vote 53 to 47. So this mm-hmm. was one of those where you needed two people to push it over. And two people did push it over. Uh, to total, what you want defeats downtown Skid Row, 57 to 43. All right, next up, we have One Song Glory from Rent up against Valjean's soliloquy from Les Mis. Uh, Mariah is making a gagging gesture, um, <laughs> and I'd like to hear why. What do you think, Mariah? I mean, you guys can convince me on either one of these because I don't like either of them, so... <laughs> Um, I don't really like either of them either. I hate listening to Valjean like scream that whole song. It's like, it's a little much. Yeah, I don't know. Michael, <laughs> um, what wisdom do you have? <laughs> I am voting for one song, Glory. Mm. <laughs> um, to echo some thoughts from last week real fast, um, Rosie brought up the explicit implicit thing. Like explicit, I wanna, you know, writing one great song before I go implicit like i'm about to die what do i leave behind my whole generation is dying all my friends are dying like we are in this moment of time and no one cares about us like what do you do that's meaningful with the time that you have seasons of love like in terms of sort of just making us care about him theme motif check 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 also i'd love to talk a little bit about the knock because this is not in the song proper but maybe if you retract it it would which is he finishes the song and the next thing happens is a light. And what mm-hmm. I love about that is that she's the answer, right? He's like, I want to write a song. I don't know what I'm going to write about. Boom, here she comes. And that to yeah. me is what's beautiful about musical theater for a couple of different reasons. Number one, yes, on one hand, it's like this fairy tale thing. The answer is right there. She, there she is. At the same time, I think musical theater gives definition to something that probably happens all the time in our lives. We don't know. We don't know that like we want something and the answer walks in the door because we are not God, we are not omniscient, we only have our lives. But when you build a song around that moment, suddenly it has meaning. When you put it on stage, suddenly it has power. And then the next moment is the, and here's the answer. I just think that's like, it's the, it's one of the, it's the thing that I love about this art form so much. I think it's really worth celebrating. And, and yes, the knock is not on the track. So someone else could rip me to shreds for this argument. All right. I think I think we should vote. Um, Mariah, what do you got? One song glory. Michael? One song glory. Marielle? <laughs> One song glory. Um, so One Song Glory beat Valjean Soliloquy in the public vote uh, by the same margin that What You Want beat downtown, 53 to 47. Um, with the three of you, it bumps up to 67 to 33 in the cumulative vote. Next up, we have a matchup that was the most commented on, most uh, hot takey of all of the matchups. And I wanna read for you a couple of the things that people have said. 
Matchup 2.8, which is this one, contains two masterpieces. They are equally brilliant. Next, Prologue is a masterpiece, but I hope I get it packs a tighter I want punch. I would argue that Prologue has too much well isn't it to the point that to the point where we don't get to rally behind the wants outlined in this song from very much of the show. Love the pod, Jesse Baldinger. Okay, matchup 2.8 is brutal. Next, I hope I get it is by far the more appropriate winner. While many, many people in Into the Woods discuss what they want, there is no lyrical yearning. It is essentially a list of objectives and there is next to no emotional exploration or dreaming. I hope I get it, this is the next one, I hope I get it versus prologue should be illegal, but I'm picking a chorus line because it gets the job done more concisely. And as much as I love Into the Woods, sometimes I just have to skip the prologue, hand covering mouth emoji. 12 minutes is a lot. All right, what do you guys got? Who's going first? These songs are just so incredibly, they're different and also so incredibly similar. <laughs> like I keep thinking about the things that could differentiate them and I'm not saying there aren't any, but it, but it is hard because the, the kind of story that they are telling and the way that it is being done is so similar. Um. So I definitely do not think that Into the Woods has no lyrical yearning or emotional, absolutely, like I don't think that at all. I think that the prologue is incredibly emotional. I think that what's a little confusing about thinking about the prologues that I want song is that it is a show whose thesis is about wishing. And so songs in the show, which is like almost every song in the show that express wishes tend to also be about the act of wishing itself. And I think that that like meta-ness takes away from that earnest factor that I think mm. makes people associate songs with I want songs. I hope I get it is incredibly earnest. Like there's no irony there. My, my thing with I hope I get it is that, I don't want to anger people. I think that I- Anger I, them. I, <laughs> the thing is that like, I, I love a chorus line, but I, I think that the project of a chorus line is to like introduce a group of people as a conglomerate as like kind of an unsophisticated conglomerate of people who like aren't that different, differentiated from one another and are, could be substituted for one another. And then to kind of like complicate that. I hope I get it sets this like group goal that will carry them through the entire show, but it does it in a way that makes it seem like it's equally applicable to each of them. Or like, like the want isn't differentiated between individuals on purpose because the show is then gonna go and like complicate each of the reason. Like the rest of the show is essentially each character like pleading in their own way for the job for very different reasons. And so I think if I hope I get it is an I want song and that they're expressing their want for the job. Like a song like Music in the Mirror is a more compelling I want song in terms of a character wanting the job because the point of that song is to like deepen the original want that's like set up by I hope I get it, if that makes sense. And so I think that that makes me lean prologue, but I'm definitely convincible because I love um, I love a chorus line. I also feel that way with prologue a little bit though. I, I feel like, and I hope I get it, right? It is a little surface level, but, but there is this like deep understanding of how much they want it because you know that they all cannot get it, right? Like, you know that from the start and you're hearing this like uniform want that I don't think is diluted because it is the same and they all have it I think that it's actually amped up right like the whole time you watch a chorus line you always kind of feel like but it's gonna happen and they're gonna get really sad right whereas like the thing I feel about prologue is that there are other moments that give that little bit of nuance more than the beginning because the beginning is really like why is everybody going on the quest kind of everybody keeps saying like it's too long but it also is kind of like as fast as we can get it for as many characters and like where they're coming from as we need before the journey starts right because then literally the journey begins of into the woods and they're all out and like they somehow go and like i i feel like i didn't think about this but like i feel like maybe their magic is the baker's wife I want song it is much more an I want song than the little bits that you know she sings in here right like that are that have a more specific and more more earnest ambition it's like all frozen oh. um 
I don't know. Michael, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> I was basically just saying, I think it goes both ways. <laughs> I don't. Totally. I, I agree with both of you. I think you make excellent, excellent points that I am sort of swayed by, but I do think I feel pretty solidly in the, I hope I get it camp because of that uniformity, because of its one simple want that they all share. And that's the thesis of that show is like, yes, for different reasons. Yes, different stories. Yes, they are all the same and they are all different and they are both equally true, those two statements. And like, we see this group of people fight for this group want. However, at the end of the show, they sing a song called One, where they're all in matching costumes. They're all dancing synchronicity. They are dancing in, in synchronicity. They're dancing in sync, uh, I suppose. Synchronously. Synchronously, the word, thank the you. Um, and there is this sense of like we are all the same and like when when you audition for the chorus line you're fighting for a chance to not be different you're fighting for a chance to be the same as everybody else on the line with you yes Marielle um so two things first is that I'm very swayed by Michael's argument what I'm thinking about is also back to the um the what you want versus um skid row thing where it's like in some ways group numbers are like, I, I guess it, it, there's more of an argument for a group number being an I want song if the group is like one, <laughs> like if the group is like the protagonist and the protagonist is the group, it reads more of it as an I want song than an Into the Woods, where like the point is to differentiate those characters from the beginning. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I'm quite convinced by. But the other thing, I am very, very moved by songs and musicals that like, Anyone who is singing them, who finds themselves singing those songs like on a stage in front of people could be singing about their lives. Like songs that are written to be sung by actors about things that, you know, statistically is likely that like the people who are singing that song professionally are going to be singing about themselves. Like there's no way they wouldn't be. And it's the same for I'm the Greatest Star. It's the same for like a lot of songs in a chorus line. And like, I think that deserves mention especially at a time when like, I'm feeling particularly emo about <laughs> the actor's um, journey and I guess honoring those feelings. Like I'm, I'm quite moved by the idea that like every person who's gotten paid to sing, I, God, I hope I get it, like can in some way be singing about their own lives. All right, here's what I gotta say. We're gonna vote. Mariah. Uh. Michael swayed me. I hope I get it. I think it does more for the story. Uh, Marielle? Okay, I'll go with I hope I get it, but I love prologue. And Michael? I hope I get it. All right. So this was a very interesting situation um, that you guys made significantly less interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I hope I get it won the public vote uh, 57 to 43. Um, in the cumulative vote, those numbers represent 40.13% and 29.87%. So uh, if two of you had voted for prologue and one of you had voted for I Hope I Get It, I Hope I Get It would have won the cumulative tally by 13 tenths of a percentage point, um, which would have been ridiculously close. But since I hope I get it swept the podcast vote, it ends now with 70.13 up against 29.87. Um, okay, just got to get squared up for the next round here. Sorry, the next, the, the other side of the bracket here. Um... Hello, we're not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Where are you going? You're lost. Dollar Tree headset, so free. Freer than a public restroom. You're literally dog water. Zero PR. Earnings check. Oh, wait, you have none? Moving on to the right side of the bracket, um, we've got two back-to-back -back, uh, locks here. Um, my shot beat I Want to Be a Producer in the public vote 82 to 18, and some people beat much more 80 to 20. Mm. Um, so my shot will go up against some people in the next round. Um, I Want to Be a Producer or much more 
anyone got a little itch in their throat to to uh, eulogize one of these two songs? I do think much more suffers a little bit by being the lesser well-known of, of the bunch. Completely um, agree. And I think if you explore the Fantastics and listen to much more and then sort of arc much more with the song called Round and Round, which towards happens towards the end of Fantastic. I mean, I think, I think much more is a fantastic I want song. I think it does everything we want and I want song to do. It like sounds and feels like an I want song. It's totally that sort of same Tony something's coming like, it's not super specific, but she wants grandeur. Like she wants a life she doesn't have. She, it, she just wants more, much more. And I would love to do, I, I, I look forward to seeing the Fantastics whenever I get to see it next. So anyone out there who's like, I want to, and it would be great outside. Someone, someone do it this summer. Someone do it this summer. That's what I'm saying. I'll do it too. We can all do it. Uh, there's some problematic lyrics I think you're going to have to take care of in there. Um, <laughs> I haven't listened to that show in years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just take, take a listen to Round and Round, for example. Some questionable stuff in oh, there. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's B. Yeah. Um, and and a, a little bit uh, racy, as in okay. racist. Um, okay. Um, all right. So let's vote on my shot versus I want to be a producer. Mariah? My shot. Michael? My shot. And Mariel. My shot. And can we get some votes on some people versus much more? Mariah. Some people. Michael. Much more. Uh, Mariel. Some people. All right. Moving on now to two songs um, that both take place on islands. Um, Waiting for Life from Once on This Island up against It Won't Be Long Now from In the Heights. Uh, there were some comments on this one. Uh, let's hear what you guys have to say. So much waiting. <laughs> so much waiting. What do we do on islands but wait? I mean, for me, I think It, it Won't Be Long Now is a great song. But I think Waiting for Life is about the person that we're following and is like what the show is. <laughs> Uh, yes, Marielle? I think that Waiting for Life is an epic song. Um, and I think that it is much more a pillar of Once on this Island than It Won't Be Long Now is a pillar of In the Heights, if that makes sense. Um, so if you think of I Want songs as like stakes that run straight through the heart of the show, like Waiting for Life is indisputably that. And it Won't Be Long Now is more peripheral, even though I still like it. And I do think it's an I Want song. I do not think that songs have to belong to primary protagonists to be I Want songs. I definitely think that um, um, Good Night My Someone is an I Want song, even though she's not the primary protagonist, for example. Michael, do you have anything super nuanced and impressive to add, or do you think we can move to votes? Let's vote. All right, Mariah, what do you got? Waiting for life. Michael. Waiting for life. Marielle. Waiting for Life. All right, so this one was fairly close to a lock for Waiting for Life. Uh, it won 64 to 36 in the public vote with you guys. Cumulative tally is 75 to 25. Now, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, we're up to our next lock and our final lock of, the, of this round. Part of your world, uh, I think, won a little bit of a popularity contest here up against Soon As I Get Home from The Wiz and won the vote 84 to 16. I know that Soon As I Get Home is a personal favorite of Mariah. Do you want to uh, place some flowers on the grave? I just wish more people would sing this song. Not, not white people, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, I wish more. It, it really is a beautiful song and I, I feel like like I sang this in high school when I did the Wiz and I've never heard somebody else do it in front of me in person. And it really is, it's gorgeous. I know it's just kind of like home and home is the stronger song, but as soon as I get home, I think is really musically beautiful. I think a lot of the songs in the Wiz need some more time than we've given them. All right, let's get some votes. Uh, Mariah. As soon as I get home. Michael? I'm going to vote for as soon as I get home, too. And Mario? I still think I like part of your world better. Sounds good. Uh, the cumulative vote on this one is 69 to 31 in favor of part of your world. 
Now the uh, final corner of the bracket, we've got four remaining matchups. We've got If I Were a Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof up against Astonishing from Little Women. Uh, comments in this one, uh, people questioning whether If I Were a Rich Man is or is not a uh, I Want song. We've got arguments for both. And people questioning whether Astonishing is or is not an I Want song. We've got arguments for both. Mariah, you appear to have an aggrieved facial response to this. It's what do not, you think? It's not aggrieved. I th as we do these matchups, there are some of these that are really hard. And there are some of these that I'm like, I don't really think these should be in here anymore. And like, if I were Richmond and Astonishing are both of those. We're like, I've made my, you know, stance on Astonishing clear. And that I think in the story, it doesn't necessarily do what I would prefer and I want song to do because of where it is in the story and how it was adapted. But I don't think it, I don't, I'm very surprised that if I were a rich man was submitted the most times because I don't really think that it, I don't like when people say this in the podcast, but I don't think it's an I want song, right? Like the story in Fiddler and like everybody's wants are really, really clear and I think this is like a part of the character I think it like illuminates some interesting nuances about the story in the way that like we said Journey On did for Ragtime I don't think it's like a true I want song it doesn't it doesn't for me change a lot about what I think about the character or make or like add affect to the story later on just in response, I have I have a, a really well put comment that a lot of effort was put into by one such a Dylan Pickus. I'm gonna read a little bit from. Just to respond to something from the podcast. To claim that Rich Man isn't an I Want song because Tevia doesn't actually want to be rich is completely missing the irony and the subtlety of the song. The I Want is not the money, but what he would do with the money. Create comfort for his family, make his wife happy, be respected by his neighbors and pray. It's all in the subtext of, the, of his list of things he would do. Also, crucially, it sets up Tevye's want for just a little lenience from God's will. This is the first time we hear him bargain with the Almighty. He does in a sort of joking way, but it's clear that he wishes life were just slightly less structured and decreed. Do with that what you will. Michael, Marielle, what do you guys got? I, I agree actually with that comment. I think what's hard for me about If I Were a Rich Man is that it works. It sounds like an I Want song. Like if we we're saying that Wouldn't It Be Lovely is an I Want song, If I Were a Rich Man sounds like an I Want song, but in the context of the show, it's not, it doesn't have like that stake effect that I was talking about where it's like, it's not like everything that happens kind of revolves around this like maypole of Tevia wanting riches. Um, but I still think that there's an inherent wish in the song. I also think that Astonishing, I hate the lyric, I may be small, but I've got giant plans to shine as brightly as the sun. Like this girl is a writer. Like she can express herself much better than that. Like, I, like it frustrates, and it also frustrates me that the song doesn't name specific ambition. Like I know I've said blah, 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 but, but like this girl is ambitious and has a specific, like she wants to be a writer. Like, and also another lyrical thing that bothers me is that like the song is introduced like it's this girl's, it's the first time she's having these thoughts. It's like the first time that she's realizing that she wants to be a person who leaves their mark on the world. And that's fine, I guess. It's fine if she's realizing this at first, but then I hate that the last lyric is this like giant hold on at last, as if this is something she's been waiting for her entire life when the song leads me to believe that she just came up with this wish in the moment. It irritates me so much. That the last note is this like expression of frustration that this thing I just came up with two seconds ago hasn't happened yet. I don't know. That those are my the, thoughts. The worst part about this podcast is that the better songs get through, so we don't get to hear the incredibly spicy takes about the <laughs> some of the questionable songs that end up in the pod. Uh, so thank you, Mariel, for that nugget. I think that if you do a lot of cognitive work you can get your you can convince yourself that if I were a rich man is really important and I think that it is worth doing that work just to cut astonishing from this bracket <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've done <laughs> okay so um Michael do you do you, have, you got one thing let's hear it sorry if you find it irrelevant do away with it I later. think it's gonna be relevant I want to hear from you later. no I, I I think something that's really 
I think there's often an alchemy in creative processes. I think we, as anyone who's ever been in the rehearsal room sort of knows this to be true. There are some things that like, you don't quite know why an energy takes shape in a room, but it does. And that energy seeps into the work. And I think there's something about um, things in musicals that are dominoes. And I'm thinking about this in relation to Dylan's comment about Tevye bargaining. I would never have looked at that. I would never have made, pulled that comment out. I think it's brilliant, I think it's really smart. But if that was not in that song and that song was not in that show, in a way that I can't understand cognitively what I feel differently about Tevye's journey, which is the sense of he's constantly pleading tradition, let my daughter break the rules, tradition, let my daughter break the rules. He's, he's constantly grappling with this wrestling match with his God. I'm, just, I'm curious about the dominoes, dominoes that we could never know unless you actually saw the production where that song didn't happen and you never knew that song existed. Like, is there, it's, it's like, it's like chorus line in previews when Cassie didn't get the part. They're like, why isn't the show getting a standing ovations? They tried giving Cassie the job instead of not giving Cassie the job, but audience is on its feet. Who would have guessed that, right? Like, but there's something in the little alchemy that changes an audience's response to it. And I think that's what's happening, Rich Man. And that's why I'm voting for it. All right, let's get some votes. Mariah, what do you say? Uh, do me last. Michael? Rich man. Mariel? If I were a rich man. Mariah? Astonishing. All right. So rich man won the public vote 61 to 39. Um, and with the two podcast votes, it gets to 62 to 38. All right, next up, uh, we have a matchup that was a lock until this morning uh, before we got more votes. Um, I'm not going to tell you which direction it was a lock. Um, we have Good Morning Baltimore from Hairspray up against Belle Reprise uh, from Beauty and the Beast. Anyone want to take a guess which song almost locked out the other one? Yes, Marielle? Well, I don't have a guess, but that's crazy to me. Like, <laughs> Good Morning Baltimore is more of a love song to me than an I want song. What does Baltimore and me mean? I, I truly have no, I have no idea. I don't, I couldn't write a paper about that song. Belle Reprise is like as close to perfect, probably cause it's really short, but as close to perfect as like any song on this list. I think it is a wish put to music. And in terms of like a woman deciding that she wants more after you know rejecting a proposal, it does it much more successfully than astonishing. Um, Is anyone here gonna vote for Good Morning Baltimore and have a really good reason why? I just I want listen, people. Just tell me why. What are you thinking? I, don't get it. I can't put myself. I I don't know if I can put myself in the brain space of like I can put myself in the brain space of this is Good Morning Baltimore is an I want song, but I don't know if I would pick it over. Yeah, it's like, that's it's, the it's, thing it's that's weird to me. It's the over, it's the bell reprise, which to me is like, like that is like the meat of I want songs. It's like, I don't understand. I don't understand that. That's crazy. Wow. All right, let's move to a vote. Mariah? Bell reprise. Michael? Bell. Marielle? Bell. Okay, so uh, Good Morning Baltimore beat Bell in the public vote 64% to 36%. But with you guys sweeping it in favor of Bell Reprise, Bell Reprise wins the cumulative tally 55 to 45. All right, down to our last two matchups here. Next up, we've got Journey to the Past from Anastasia up against 96,000 from In the Heights, another matchup that was nearly split 50-50. Is anyone shocked to hear that it was split 50-50? I'm just surprised because I, I think that Journey to the Past is quite um, popular. And when you say that like Disney song or whatever animated movie songs are like at the heart of this genre, I, I tend to think of that song. Michael, did you have something to say there? I'm still a little hung up on the movie versus the show one. I know Mariah last week, you were like, can we please decide now forever? And I'm still- No, I have completely there. changed my mind on that though. Okay, okay. Um, I, and, and these songs are both a little, are fall short for me. And I, 96,000, something I tend to forget about 96,000 is that somebody has won right? Like this song is not a fantasy. It's that someone in the community has won the lottery and has won this money. And it's the question of like, could it be me? And if it's me, then what would I do with it? Which to me makes it just ups the stakes a little bit more. Where I think when I think about it abstractly, I think of it as like, it's just like these people on a street corner who want things, but it's like, no, there's actually stake in that 
it could be someone. It is someone. It is someone. We just don't know who yet. A lot of it is I would take the money and go somewhere else for almost all of them. Mariah, what do you have to say? Um, so I, I've been thinking about the, the movie versus musical journeys to the past. I, I think that if we keep talking about it in the in the bracket, we do have to talk about it in the musical because so much of what we're talking about is story and structure and how does this change this? I don't know. I, I, I think this is a very, uh, <laughs> I hate saying this, but a very colonized aspect of musical theater where we think that songs that are about money um, aren't as important as like songs that are about home or songs that are about whatever. And yeah, money is like, it's money, whatever, family's important, blah, 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 blah. But also like, you know, money changes a lot. And sometimes the only thing you need is money for everything to change. And like, we were talking last week and sort of like, oh, they're just like naming, you know, things they would get. You know, I was thinking about like when I was a kid and my parents were a, a kid and, and money really was like the hardest part of our lives and the things that I wanted were objects because I was like, I don't have this. And I think that if I did, home would mean more to me. My, my self-esteem would be more to me. My confidence would be more to me. If I just, if I just had this and other people have it, so why, why can't I? And once I have it, that's gonna be the thing that's gonna take me out of here and get me the things that I want. And I, and I don't think that, you know, that should be cheapened because like Michael said, there's this, all, there's this part that's very similar to where I hope I get it of somebody has it. And that also means that everyone else around you doesn't get it, right? Like we're watching this knowing that one person can make those things they want come true, maybe, because also 96,000 is not like $400 million, right? And even if they wanna, you know, this comes later, but even if they wanted to spread it around, give everybody a little bit, not everybody's gonna get what they want and not everybody's gonna get out. And I actually thinking about it more, I do think like, it does a lot for the show and the, and the stakes of where it comes from. And I, I've been thinking about it a lot as like, if we're thinking about these non-Disney other ways of telling stories, I think it actually is a, a really cool way of telling the story. And I don't know, I love Journey of the Past. I think it's a really, really good song, but I don't know if I have a lot more to say about it. Are people feeling set in their ways? Said in their ways enough that if I said your name while we were voting, you might have a response. Okay. Mariah. I'm going to say 96,000. Michael. <laughs> I'm going to vote for 96,000 as well. And Marielle. I'll go for 96,000. Wow. Wow. All right. So this one was split 51 to 49 in the public vote in favor of 96,000 with you guys sweeping it. It, gets 66% of the cumulative tally. Uh, this is great news for when Phoebe Gonzalez will be joining us on the podcast. She is a very big fan of this song and is pretty much the reason it's in the bracket. So it uh, should be very exciting. Now, our final matchup is between I'm the Greatest Star from Funny Girl up against Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors. What do you got? Does, does Skid Row make somewhere that's green a little superfluous or a little redundant. And therefore, if we're championing a skid row, is it like, okay, you can lose somewhere that's green because you probably could lose it in the show. And I'm the greatest star, which is such a character song. And it's sort of the only thing of its kind on the bracket. You keep it in. You do know that skid row lost, right? Skid row lost? Yes, skid row lost. To what you want. Skid Row lost to what you want. And you voted for what you want. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so do you really care, Michael? <laughs> no, no, but, but I do think the question stands. I, I think for some reason, I, I feel like in the abstract, I'm like, well, somewhere that's green is a perfect I want song. And I'm, now I'm sort of like, I don't know if I care that much. And I'm, I don't know if that's just fatigue or, or I'm curious what that's speaking to and I would love someone else to doctor it for me. I feel quite strongly in favor of I'm the Greatest Storm. I think it is quite different from others on its bracket. And what I find very moving about I'm the Greatest Star is that it, it's not addressed to no one. Like she's, she's trying to, con- like she's trying to convince someone of her own potential, of her own self-confidence. And the wish is kind of 
implied. And I like that I was, we've established, like, I do not think that someone has to say, I wish to go somewhere that's green for it to be an I want song. Like, I think that the work you have to do, the minimal work, but the work you have to do to understand how much she, she wants fame and she wants recognition is beautiful. And I think that what's cool about the song too, is that the wish is supported by the music and by the swells and by the choreography even and by like her like the in the Barbra Streisand version like her voice it's like all of these other kinds of parts of musical theater besides the lyrics that communicate yearning are so intense in that song it is like this full blast of yearning what do we think others uh something that I feel torn about right now is I uh, I'm the Greatest Star has a little bit of a, a lead for me, but I, I can't really articulate why. And the reasons why I love Somewhere That's Green are things that I don't think are typically done with the song. I really hate how people sing this song and I really hate how people portray Audrey. Because like, I, I used to think this song, you know, for a really long time as like a, a stupid, bad version of Part of Your World. And there are a lot of things about Little Shop that I don't like. And this is a moment of Little Shop that feels incredibly earnest to me. Um, that I that I honestly, this is going to sound so <laughs> uh, self-absorbed, that I honestly never felt until I had to sing it myself. There's a lot in Little Shop that I think is like drenched with like American evils. And like, this is a really interesting part where it's, sort of American dream, but like what in it is really sweet and very earnest and very true. And sort of a little piece that I think no matter who you are, you can kind of connect with, right? She's not really talking about things. She's talking about safety and like, she's talking about security and love. And that's really what we're talking about in Skid Row. And those aren't, I think the lyrics that Audrey sings in Skid Row are not super significant to her. I think they're really significant to setting the scene. I, I just feel torn because I feel like the way I'm thinking about Somewhere That's Green is not the way that we typically conceptualize and the way I would compare it to I'm the Greatest Star. What do you think, Mariel? Just quickly, I, you know, like when I've been moving through this bracket, I've been really trying to not discount less ambitious characters with smaller dreams. Michael, are you feeling any type of way? I'm hesitant to move to votes because I feel like people feel kind of uncertain about this one, but perhaps that is why we ought to. I always want Michael to have a take after we go around because <laughs> <laughs> it helps me. I, I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Michael. Oh gosh. One thing I will say about I'm the greatest star is I, I like that it is the, it is, I am this. I'm already mm -hmm. this. You don't know that I'm this, but I am it. I don't want it. I am it. And I, I appreciate that quality in it. I also keep thinking about in Mike Donahue's production of Passage in a Playhouse of Little Shop last year, MJ Rodriguez singing somewhere that's green and knowing that she's a trans woman of color. And it's felt like, oh, to be seen as a bride, to be seen as a wife fully. It like totally changed what that song was for me. And I think Mara, you're speaking that too, of like when you when you when you try to just sit in it and step and like sort of like take Ellen Green kind of out, out of it for a little bit. And what I'm really saying is impressions of Ellen Green, because I'm sure Ellen yes. Green was brilliant. I'm sure it's just everyone trying to do Ellen Green, which is not brilliant. It it does it's it can be extremely powerful and 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 is malleable in that way. I think depending on who the production it sits in and who's doing it, I think it it creates meaning, which is something that is I like thinking about. Um. So let's move to a vote. Uh, Mariah. You know, I'm gonna vote for me. From me, I'm gonna vote for somewhere that's green. <laughs> I'm gonna vote for I'm the greatest star. All right, and Marielle. I am the greatest star. Okie dokie. So, uh, somewhere that's green won the public vote 68 to 32. It nearly locked. So, no. with Mariah's single vote, uh, it wins 58 to 42 and advances. That is the end of these two sides of the bracket. Our matchups for next week are The Wizard and I up against Wait For It from Hamilton. Going to be a fun vote. We'll see how that goes. Then maybe up against Out There from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. 
After that, we've got Corner of the Sky from Pippin up against What You Want from Legally Blonde. And in the bottom left is One Song Glory from Rent up against I Hope I Get It from A Chorus Line. Uh, on the right side, the first matchup is My Shot from Hamilton up against Some People from Gypsy. The next one is Waiting for Life from Once on This Island up against Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid. After that is If I Were a Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof up against Belle Reprise from Beauty and the Beast. And the last matchup in the bottom right is 96,000 from In the Heights up against Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, I want to thank you, Marielle, for joining us. I want to thank you, Michael, for joining us. I want to thank you, my love, Mariah, for joining us. Um, and uh, Mariah, what do you, what do you, what's up? We'll talk about it later. All right. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, a little thing about a tweet that I read about uh, uh, Fiddler is Tevia starts the show by saying like, we have these traditions and they're kind of like this, this guy who fiddles on the roof is kind of a fiddler on the roof. But then at the end of tradition, he says, well, if we didn't have these traditions, well, we'd be just like this fiddler on the roof. Which, so which is it, my man? Which I, I could argue, I could say is, is, is the point of the show. But I really feel like that just slipped by unnoticed. And for, seven, for 50 years, we've been performing this musical. And that central idea has been muddied by this very strange textual choice.